Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Cultivating Healthy and Vibrant Workplaces. It is so great to connect in this way, and we hope you have been enjoying the guests we've been bringing you throughout the year. And the 2024 season will be equally robust and informative with industry experts who will help you cultivate healthy and vibrant workplaces. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I want to let you know that our next Executive Wellness Leadership Program will be commencing February 26th. And if you are an HR or workplace wellness leader, or perhaps an executive coach seeking progressive training in how to nurture a healthy, thriving work culture, and most importantly, become a trusted advisor to senior leadership, I invite you to check out our career advancing program at workplacewellnesscoe.com. And I will also link up the program page in the show notes. Now, it gives me much pleasure to introduce Cyril Gowler. And Cyril is a corporate chaplain who will be addressing a topic near and dear to me, chaplaincy and spirituality in the workplace. Now, I first met Cyril at a church barbecue this summer. And after talking <laughs> with him, knew he would make a fascinating guest for this show. So by way of introduction, Cyril is a corporate chaplain with All Weather Windows and a chaplain with the RCMP here in Canada, as well as he serves their Edmonton Region veterans and is part of the KMHAG team, which stands for what, Cyril? Yeah, sorry, I should have. Uh, the RCMP is famous for acronyms. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's the K Division. Right. Uh, Mental Health Advisory Group. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. I'm glad I asked that. And as well right. as he's a member of the Canadian Police Chaplains Association. So it sounds like you're fairly closely connected with the uh, police forces here. Yeah, that that's kind of comes from my dad and some of the other family members who are uh, connected with police services. Uh, nice. I don't know if you want a little bit of history, but if yeah, I sure. go back to 1893, Wow. My great grandfather was in the Northwest Mounted Police. And my uh, my dad and, and myself, uh, this is a couple of years ago, my dad has passed uh, away since, but he was in both the RCMP and uh, Edmonton Police Service. Okay. And uh, we sat down one day and we, we counted the number of people uh, who are uh, or, or did serve in a police uh, agency and in our family. And uh, it turned out we counted 17 uh, wow. family members uh, from that from way back in 1893, right up until present time. We had 17. So were, did you ever serve yourself particularly? Or no, no, no. Okay. I, I, well, I've you worked, are. You uh, are in a sense now because you're serving as a chaplain, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've worked. I've worked in a, a civilian capacity, yeah. uh, both both with victim services, uh, with the EPS, and uh, with. Uh, the RCMP as a chaplain. Nice. And you also serve as a board member of the Edmonton Community Chaplaincy Association and right. are a member of the Association of Alliance uh, Chaplains for the Alliance Church right. and the Christian That's right. and Missionary. So, and you're with the Christian and Missionary Alliance. So, yeah, you right. really got your hands into a lot. So, so welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to our show. Yeah. So excited Glad to, to have you. Here. Thanks so, for inviting me. Oh, most definitely. So, Cyril, I'd like to begin. Uh, with you, as I do with all episodes, by asking if you have any morning rituals. And I always ask this of our guests, of course, being a wellness <laughs> person myself. And, you know, do you do anything personally that helps you nurture healthy mind, body and spirit? And so any any morning rituals that you do? Yeah, yeah, I actually do. Interesting. You you asked me that, um, of course. So so I'm uh, uh, serving as a chaplain, but uh, more specifically, I serve as a Christian chaplain. And so, uh, uh, you know, especially as an ordained minister as well, um, my uh, regard for and the importance of um, Christian uh, scripture is is key in my life. And uh, I believe, uh, you know, and I, I certainly don't force this on other people, but I believe that um, God speaks to you through his word. And so mm -hmm. I spend uh, several hours actually each morning um uh time in in scripture and and just reading and and digesting god's word so that that's nice. in it in a nutshell yeah, yeah there yeah. are some other things i do but but i i i guess uh out of that i journal right and so um 
I started uh, uh, a different kind of journaling in 2011. I've been journaling for just about my whole life, I think, my whole uh, professional life anyway. And I started in 2011 journaling through scripture. And so it's taken me, well, that would be 12 years. Um, and I'm, I'm just in the, if you know anything about scripture, I'm in the mm -hmm. book of Jeremiah. Okay. Which, which if you looked at a, I guess, a, a Bible, it's about a little better than halfway through uh, scripture. So if, uh, if the Lord uh, allows me to draw breath for another little while, uh -huh. I might make it to the end. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? And so just, I'm really curious because as a Christian myself, I'm curious as to, um, when you say you journal, so then some inspiration that comes to you from a passage you journal, something that a reflection or inspiration from that? Is that exactly how that, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And I find every time, uh, every morning, and, and it's seven days a week, um, yeah. I'm usually up fairly early. Yeah. Um, somewhere what do you usually. call early? I, I'm, I would, well, I, I would yeah. love to be an early bird, but I'm not. So I'm always fascinated yeah. when people tell me they get up like four in the morning or whatever. No, it's not. It's not that early all the time, okay. but it is. It is occasionally that early. Oh, okay. Uh, most of the times between six and seven. Okay. Okay. That's, that's yeah. doable. That's doable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure. And so um, how, before we move on, because I really want to just delve a little deeper into this, how does your scripture reading first thing in the morning, how does your journaling, how does that support you as a chaplain? Because mm -hmm. we're going to get into that now in just a minute. Yeah. I, I think two really good words, Lisa, are inspiration, um, incredible inspiration, and uh, direction. Direction, yeah. Very, uh, very significant direction for me. Um, if I can give an example, there's sure. a, a, where I'm, where I'm um, uh, walking through scripture right now uh, in Jeremiah. It's a direction um, from God through Jeremiah, the prophet, to the people of, of uh, Judah. At that mm -hmm. time, Israel and Judah were two separate countries, uh -huh. but, uh, but it's, it's God speaking to them and trying to lead them away from the, the worldly, I'm saying it nicely, but in essentially what, what God was trying to do was get them away from idol worship right, and back to worship with him alone. So, uh -huh. um, when you look at that, as an example, when you look at, um, that kind of thing, it's, it's just full direction, uh, uh, and and makes you makes you understand too that God is a person. Yeah. Um, you know, through Jesus Christ, we know that, and God yeah. God uh, suffers through some things that we cause, and yeah. so that that direction is is very well uh, well placed and and uh, uh, appreciated by me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could have a whole, and maybe I'll invite you back. I could do a whole podcast just on this topic alone but we, we oh, have to would move love on. to yeah yeah for yeah. sure <clears throat> so to, to further set the stage then for our discussion today can you share with our listeners the role and services of a corporate chaplain yeah that's a well what a great question and that's something we could talk for another <laughs> podcast on, alone so the role um i'll start by saying this a lot of people say you know that's a strange thing that's an odd thing that you do and I agree with them, but um, then the question comes, well, what do you do during the day? And I had one lady say, uh, an older lady, she said to me, um, this is several years ago, she said, what do you do all day? And then she she didn't wait for my answer. She just said, do you just pray all day long? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know, if I had the if I had the blessing of being able to pray all day long, then there might be less problems, but uh, <laughs> for sure, this is this is essentially um, what I do um, as a chaplain in the workplace. I um, first of all, I do rounds uh, when it's you know uh, obviously when it's necessary, and it's necessary on a daily basis. So what, so, what is rounds exactly for our yeah. listeners? So it's no different. I don't want to equate myself to uh, you know other uh, you know other. Um, uh, types of work, but, but, uh, rounds is, is when, uh, say for instance, uh, in a hospital, mm -hmm. a, a doctor or a nurse or, or, you know, a practitioner, health practitioner will, will do rounds in a hospital. Right. right and right. essentially what they do is go from bed to bed. I go from uh, workplace to workplace within the plant. 
Okay. So different departments are, or different locations. Yeah. Plant. Yeah. 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 There are dozens of, of, of people, uh, sorry, there are dozens of, of workplaces. Yeah. What would a day in the life of Cyril look like as a chaplain? You know, you do, so you start <laughs> yeah. with your rounds and then what do you do after that? What, you yeah. know, or do you drive the agenda? Do employees drive the agenda? If that's the right way of putting it? Yeah, no, that, I like that question. Um, and entirely, uh, the, the employee dr- drives the agenda. Okay. Um, so if I, let's, let's say I went around, um, you know, to someone and said, um, how are you doing? And they said, well, um, you know, my dog just got run over by a bus this morning, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, and this, this might come up later too. This is a sidebar, but, uh, we could talk about a thing called presenteeism. Yes. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, or the, or the employee might say something like, uh, I'm going through a really difficult divorce right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they might say I'm addicted to uh, cocaine or they might say, um, you know, I'm having a lot of trouble with, uh, my supervisor yeah. in uh, a workplace problem. So, um, I, I like the question because people often say, well, what do you do? Like yeah. that lady, that, you know, I, I was talking about. And and my answer almost always is, what don't I do? Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's a, maybe this is a, a time where I can uh, address another uh, sure, go uh, ahead. thing. Yeah. That, yeah, that another thing that uh, comes up in, in um, our day-to-day operation, um, this is specifically um, uh, with a, uh, uh, one of my chaplains that uh, she's not with me anymore, but um, she was a, she's such a sharp lady. She still a- attends our church, um, but uh, she had a, a woman come into her one day, a woman from um, Southeast Asia, who didn't have a really good uh, command of the English language, mm-hmm. but she was able to get across to the to my uh, one of my staff members that uh, her child uh, somehow got a hold of her credit card. And she signed into the uh, Roblox game. Uh, I don't know much about Roblox, but it's uh, it's some kind of game that uh, takes a lot of money from you. Right. And uh, she racked up six thousand dollars worth worth of debt on the credit card. And so here's the point: um, she came and saw Carrie, and Carrie was able to um, get through to customer service at that particular uh, video game. And uh, the end, the end product was she got every last cent back for that employee. Wonderful. So she, so really the word that comes up when you uh, talk about that is, is advocacy. Right. And so there's, there's been so many times where we have advocated for, for employees and, and that can mean anything that can mean uh, officiating a wedding. Or perhaps the 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 opposite uh, uh, type of thing that happens on a, almost a weekly basis, we can end up officiating funeral. Okay, so you um, would do that for employees, and would they be maybe employees yes. who who maybe don't have an affiliation with the church that would provide that service normally? Or and what a great question that and I didn't put any of that in my notes, but yeah. um, it comes up uh, often, and that is uh, and and maybe that's something that we can we can spend more time talking about as well. Is that um, the chaplain is extremely effective in that uh, there are so many people, and I and I don't place blame on anyone or you know uh, uh, judge anyone. There are so many people that don't attend work. Uh, sorry, that don't mm-hmm. attend church. church yeah. And the only uh, the only place is the workplace where they might have access to uh, someone like myself or my my colleagues. Um, and so, you know, there's there there's this whole thing of um, uh, you know no exposure to uh, the the life of or the lifestyle or the culture of a church mm-hmm. and what they stand for. And so, such a, a great blessing to be able to be a chaplain yeah. in in, yeah. in the workplace. Do you have kind of on um, the cutting edge? Do you, is your organization? Because I believe your organization, the founders are Christians themselves. Is that correct? Is that that's you, right? There right. were a number of them uh, in the beginning. You know, this is going on almost twenty years ago. But okay, um, in the beginning, yeah, there were a number of them that were um, uh, very f- uh, faith filled. Do you uh, think men. that was the uh, impetus for bringing you into their organization? Because that you know, if if an yeah. organization say at the senior leadership level or the owner or small business or whatever was not necessarily a Christian, 
do you still think that they'd be as inclined or as open to wanting to bring in a chaplain? Yeah, I'd say they would be less inclined. Um, right. And and unfortunately, uh, there's still that, uh, I think I mentioned uh, something about stigma. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the whole thing about even structural stigma, uh, when I say structural stigma, uh, I'm sure you've heard of that. It's uh, it basically what it is, is the, um, the stigma that's attached to any given thing, like uh, uh, in a bigger sense, mental health has a stigma attached to it. Right. And structurally speaking, um, I guess I'll pick on hospitals, but uh, yeah. hospitals would um, have a lot of administrative policy that would uh, that would actually lend to uh, that stigma. And so, um, what I'm saying is that we have to re- try and remove that stigma. And I, actually, I you know I, we've come across many times, both in the corporate sense and and with uh, police chaplaincy. We've come across many times the uh, the suggestion that we need to stop using the term chaplain. Oh, okay. But but I like the term chaplain because people will occasionally say to me, and not often, but occasionally they'll say, "Well, what's a chaplain?" Right. And so then I have a, an opportunity to explain to them and absolutely and to educate them. So. You know, with the with the gentlemen who were in the senior leadership of the company, um, they were specifically looking um, for a means of providing even more significant care to employees. Okay. So put put very uh, uh, briefly, that's that's what they were looking for, and they they went through a lot of models. Uh, I'll give a credit or, or a shout out to a a gentleman named Alan Tyson. Mm-hmm. And he was no no relation to John Tyson, the owner of of uh, Tyson Foods, but uh, they had uh, at the time they had one hundred and eighty five thousand employees around the world. They had twenty two uh, uh, um, rendering plants, okay. and they had one hundred and twenty eight chaplains. Wow! Yeah, and so the oh. the gentleman uh, Gord Weeb who who uh, started the the ball rolling and ha- and had the uh, original concept t- um, became a, um, a, a, a protege of, of John Tyson. I was just listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with Patrick Lencioni. He wrote oh, the, very the five dysfunctions yeah. of a team is you know, yeah. prolific writer and leadership, but yeah, I love his stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And so he, he, I just caught him uh, on a short little clip the other day. He said that every place of work should be a place where people can heal. Yes. And, and that he said, I think he said to paraphrase, maybe know the relationships we have at work are going to contribute to them getting better. So it's kind yeah. of two things there about the healing. Yeah. That, that was really interesting. And I, I just heard that yesterday. I thought, well, how apropos, because I'm going to be interviewing you today, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So and and so it just to put that in in perspective for a second. Um, here, here's a question. So, like, in addition to what you just shared. What are some specific benefits of having a workplace chaplain available to employees for their well-being and, you know, work satisfaction, all those things, right? Yeah. And again, again, there's another hour long conversation, <laughs> but, I, for sure. but I can try and I can try and um, uh, shorten it up to the to the place where, you know, we can talk about um, uh, anything. The old saying is, what is it? Soup to nuts. Yes. Um, you know, we, we can talk about just about anything that that the um, a chaplain gets involved in and that and that can center around mental health. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, even more specific, more specifically, we're seeing a lot of issues with uh, anxiety and depression. Um, if I can delve into something that's that's quite specific. Sure. Something and it's relatively new. And you'll find that uh, NGOs and our non-government uh, offices and, and organizations are are dealing more with more of this than than um, a for-profit company might be, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, hospitals and things like that are using this. But it's a a term uh, that you may be familiar with. It's it's uh, referred to as trauma-informed care. Okay. Yeah, and and so um, we're finding uh, one of my other colleagues uh, found out she she works uh, with hospitals as well as a chaplain, and she's uh, on my staff. And uh, she she was speaking to somebody uh, in a hospital setting about trauma informed care, 
And they were absolutely amazed that a for-profit company like the one we work for mm-hmm. uh, would consider it. And I use, I, I would emphasize the, the term consider because we haven't yet ad- adopted it, but we're exploring it. And so trauma-informed care is this, and I'll, I'll tr- again, I'll try and keep it short. Um, it's, it's primarily made up of five components. Um, n- nobody, um, I shouldn't say nobody, everybody likes uh, a certain type of empowerment. Mm. And back to, back to Lencioni's uh, comment, uh, when we feel empowered, we feel, we feel better. We just feel good about ourselves. Yeah. And again, you can break that down, you know, and, and get into, you know, all kinds of quadrants of empowerment, but it's, uh, you know, it's prioritizing, um, skill building and, and the things that you do in your workplace. And so you provide an atmosphere for that. Uh, the second, there's, like I said, there's five components. So the second thing is trustworthiness. Do your people uh, that, that work uh, with you or for you in the workplace, do they trust you? Mm. You know, um, uh, is there, do, can they say there's trustworthiness in like task clarity or uh, is there trustworthiness in, in your consistency, like as a human being, are you uh, an integrated person, you know, who, who lives integrity every day? Um, and, and, you know, um, trustworthiness is, is, uh, uh, touches on, uh, interpersonal boundaries as well, mm-hmm. right? Subject of trauma informed care, uh, comes up, you know, um, it, it, uh, trust is a big thing. Uh, and then the third thing is collaboration. Okay. So, so are you making decisions with the, with the individual and, and back to empowerment, are you right. sharing that power? Right. So, so, and then, and then the, the fourth one is choice. Okay. People like choice in their workplace, right? You know, it's, it's very important. Uh, does the invi- individual have uh, a little bit of control over the choices they make? Right. Mm-hmm. And the, and the fifth one is, is a big, big, big um, uh, uh, issue. And that's all about safety. So do, you know, the question is asked, do we ensure uh, physical? Do we ensure emotional safety? Right. Uh, I took a um, a week long course a couple of years ago called uh, psychological safety in the workplace. Right. So all of those things. So those five things to answer your question, if you look yeah. at them, empowerment, trust, uh, or trustworthiness, uh, the collaboration aspect, yeah. uh, the choice, the, the ability to make a choice, uh, and safety. Um, that is. Those five things, Lisa, is w- really what uh, makes up the definition of trauma-informed care. And, and so if we uh, decide, this is a fairly new thing for my team, if, uh, but it's also one of my objectives. If we decide to embrace this, if uh, senior, uh, senior leadership decides in the company that this is a really good thing to do, um, then we will be um, implementing... Uh, means and ways uh, of those of of putting those five uh, uh, big things into into place, yeah, you know the, I, the principles. Mm. And so, as as you well know, uh, and and can imagine, uh, with with people coming from fifty different countries, and obviously fifty different cultures. Mm. Um, maybe some are more similar than others, but uh, you know we, we're we're in a place where we, we have employees who maybe from the age of eight years old, were carrying an AK 47 and we're child and we're child soldiers. Right. And, and that's not just all weather, uh, all weather windows. That's, that's every, that's every company that hires anybody that comes into the, to our country. Mm -hmm. Right. No. So imagine um, the amount of trauma that somebody like that has been through and how, how informed are you as either a chaplain or say a human resources um, uh, manager or a human resources vice president or, uh, you know, anybody, how informed are you about the care that you should give to that person? I think a lot of the, there's an old saying um, uh, you bark and I jump, right? Mm. The bark, the bark and jump thing. That's a that's really a North American military term, isn't it? Mm. You know the the the, the field sergeant or the, oh, uh, the the command and control. Yeah, exactly. They, yeah. They, yeah. they 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 bark out an order and you jump and and yeah. 
and take that order. And there was no questions asked. Well, with trauma-informed care and the principles that surround it, um, I'm not saying you coddle the employees. What I am saying is at least be aware of where they've come from so you know why they, uh, why they uh, perhaps um, respond to you in a certain way. You know, I, I might have a, like I've, we've got several uh, men, uh, maybe a dozen or so that uh, are, are very much, um, uh, um, you know, from tribal um, uh, influence in, in, say, Somalia or right. Sudan or something like that. And you can look at them and, and even see the tribal tattoos that are on their foreheads. Mm-hmm. So you know that they're, you know, that they may be from a warring um, uh, faction or, a, you know, uh, some something that's uh, given you a whole bunch of trauma to, to deal with. And so uh, is that, does yeah, that yeah. make it more clear? No, it, yeah. It's interesting because um, you're giving me a different lens for which to see your interpreter appreciate trauma because I you know when I think yeah. of trauma I think really cute you know like it's really um someone just incurred a, a domestic violence or something of the sort sure. right but but it, which, it's which is included it, right but it's not necessarily you know specific to that alone you know you're touching on on domestic violence if you if you look at the statistics just in Alberta and and these are old stats I, they're probably five years old but uh, I should get some new ones update them but um if you look at just um, Calgary, Edmonton, and the RCMP uh, police agencies. You're you're going to get something uh, in the neighborhood of ten thousand calls a year mm. uh, regarding something to do with domestic violence. Right. So so take that trauma, mm. you know, and and what comes out of that, and how does it affect the workplace? You remember that old saying. Um, leave your junk at the door or yeah. leave your stuff at the <laughs> well, door. Well, we say the opposite now, right? Bring your whole right. self to work, right? So we've really exactly. got a 180, you know? Yeah. What role then do workplace chaplains play in supporting employees' spiritual needs? And another wonderful question that could be have hours spent on it, but um, uh, you, you could imagine, first of all, that uh, there are um, about I think we have about six um, major uh, world faiths uh, working in our our uh, our plant. So we have Muslims, we have Christians. I think we have some Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a number of hin- Hindus who practice Hindu uh, Hinduism. Um, we have Sikh uh, people, many many Sikh people, um, and so we've got all these different uh, world faiths in our in our four walls in a 30,000 square foot uh, uh, manufacturing plant. And so one of the things we did was that we thought was significant was we uh, created a prayer room. And, oh, I was uh, going to ask you, do you have a chapel yeah. or a prayer room of some sort? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it's quite well used. Um, but I would, I would qualify that by saying that it's quite well used by really Orthodox employees. Right. Um, some, some who practice their faith don't. Uh, they're they're not as, you know. They they may do a lot of that at home or, right. you know, outside the workplace. But there are there are a number of them. Uh, For an employee listening, or maybe um, someone in HR, or someone thinking, oh, I'm really intrigued about the chaplaincy in in the workplace, and, you know, but where's the line in the sand in terms of confidentiality? So, can you speak to that? Yeah. I, again, I, I think I would, one of the most important things is that, that I would not um, upset or um, tip over the, the whole thing about trustworthiness. And the worst thing you can do is, um, you know, and I, I'm trying to think of an example, but the worst thing you can do is divulge a confidentiality. Yeah. Because then you're you're destroying trust. You're you're breaking trust. Well, now. You're breaking a moral code for one. Yes, right? you are. Right? You are. And not only that, um, that's that's the uh, the cardinal uh, rule that we live by, and 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 it's really a foundation. You know, if you if you want to talk in terms of physical buildings, mm. that the foundation is critical to how you set uh, up the building over top of it. Right. right, and so if if I'm trustworthy and and I'm a person of integrity, then um, 
I can, uh, the, the building around that foundation becomes relationships, right. if you want to use a metaphorical term. Right. And so uh, the, the, the basis of my um, work is, is relational as well as, you know, trust, trustworthy. Right. And, uh, I don't know if that answers the question. Well, it reads, but I want to take it a step yeah. further because there's something that you mentioned, which I've heard before, and I've done it through mental health training and what have you, that I guess that line in the sand is you mentioned earlier about the only time you might, and I'll let you speak to it in terms right. of having to divulge something is if there's harm, potentially harm to self or harm to others. So can you explain right. to me and right. to the audience what that means? And Yeah. And I might add, I might add this because I think, uh, some of the definitions are using the word imminent. Mm. And so if we were in a, in a situation where someone was going to uh, complete suicide. And again, this, uh, you learned of this through their divulging that to you, right. Or you're surmising correct. it maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's correct. Yep. Uh, and so if you're, if you're sitting with someone who's just told you that they're going to a uh, complete suicide, uh, you know, there's there's the imminent um, factor right there, and and there's the imminent um, uh, possibility or potential of harm to self, mm. meaning that meaning the person that's threat, threatening suicide. Um, and if you know, and if you uh, are very open with them, you'll t you you would tell them that that if there's you know if there if you're sitting with your your carpet knife and you're ready to, you know, slit your wrist or something like that. Sorry, that's pretty graphic, but yeah. uh, um, you're, you're going to know from me that, that I have to invoke the necessity of other uh, professionals. You know, what's your take, what's your sense on what's happening right now? And, and even in workplaces, because what happens outside of our workplace trickles into our workplace, you know? So would you agree that, there is a, we're at a real, like the Surgeon General, I think in the U.S. said we're at a real epidemic with respect to mental health. So what, what would you say to that? Or what's your experience? Or yeah. where, do you, where do you see things going if we don't maybe bring in more chaplains or more mental health services yeah. supports <laughs> yeah. into the workplace, right? And I say you're you're absolutely 100% on what you're saying. And and whoever the experts were that you were quoting there, they're 100% right. I I, I can answer that in a, in, in a number of different ways. I, I can answer it in the secular sense, and mm -hmm. I can answer it in the sacred sense. Yeah, no, do both. Uh, do both. Yeah, yeah, I sure. Both here. Uh, yeah. From, I mean, if you want to go from the the sacred sense or the, um, you know, from the, I don't like the word religious, but for, from a, a point of view of say what Christian scripture talks about, and uh, we're approaching a time in our in our existence in history where everything is exponentially getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can look at it from that angle and, and, and break that down. There's a ton of breakdown from that. Um, or you can look at it from, uh, another angle, uh, another angle that I'm recently looking at it from is the fallout of, uh, COVID and the, and the, yes. and the pandemic. So, and let me be more specific what I'm seeing now and what I'm actually, involved in is reading uh, a lot of scholarly um, peer-reviewed papers on um, loneliness. So if you speak about mental health, um, look what's happening after um, after COVID. And, and actually, you know what? Um, COVID, I, I, this might not be accepted by a lot of people, but COVID could be could be uh, viewed as an incubator for it a was, lot of or, or an accelerant. It, it was an accelerant. Exactly. That's a good word too. Because I think it was the writing was on the wall, and we were we were starting to cocoon and nest more, become more yes. insular, insular in nature. Yes. And I think again that COVID just really accelerated that that much more, right? Yeah, that's right. And so you know, um, uh, just a little sidebar: we're 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 looking. We're not. Uh, we haven't adopted this yet, but we're looking at the. Um, possibility uh and 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 it may you know if i talked it with you in six months it may turn out that we decided against it but um we're looking at the possibility of having a work uh, sorry having a life coach mm. um a certified life coach be part of our staff nice uh, and when we're just kind of experimenting with that thought um and so you know uh to go back to your question how are we addressing this 
well, that's you know, one of the things we're considering. Um, you know, we're addressing it um, in so many different ways. Um, we have a thing called the life balance wheel. I, I'll actually send that to you if you want it. Yeah, I have. Well, um, I've, I've created one probably similar. But yeah, oh, I'd, love to, I'd love okay. to see what you yeah. have. Yeah, I've so this one is, was created by the lady that I told you about who used to work for us. Yeah, and uh, she did such a great job of putting that together. And so what we do is we we uh, printed off of thousands of them, right? Nice. And so when we're out on the floor doing our rounds, we'll have a handful of those and our business cards as well, and we'll hand it to them. And really, what it is is um, it's just if you uh, I, I use the the analogy of a of pizza. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sliced into eight slices right. and, and they yeah. look, they look like a relationship and, mm -hmm. and, uh, parenting and, and, uh, uh, health and, and, you know, all the things that go around the circle. Mm -hmm. And, and so what we do is we, we challenge the person to see, uh, where the balance is in their own circle. Right. And so if you can imagine, uh, something circular, like maybe let's use the, metaphor of a hockey puck, uh, mm -hmm. you know, rolling across the, the table. Um, it, it's nice and smooth and it's well-rounded on all eight sides. If you have an eight sided hockey puck. <laughs> um, and so you, you roll it down the table, but if your life is way out of balance and you're, you've got really bad habits where, um, let's say your eating is concerned, um, you know, it's going to clunk down the table instead of roll smoothly. And that's kind of the thing that we we challenge the um, employees with every time we talk to them about life balance. Right, right. And and so, yeah, yeah. you know, but yeah, it's it's you know, it's just such a hot topic right now, and it should be in terms of our organizations um, that we have to recognize that, especially where we have remote employees or hybrid employees, that they are feeling so lonely. And even because yeah. um, we're social, you know, we, as humans, we're social critters. And so oh, yeah. we need we, you know, we would have like, for example, when I worked on site years ago in a human resources or a social service department, we would have a in-person Bible study group at lunch hour. And it was so nice uh -huh. to be able to yeah. figuratively and literally break bread with them um, outside of the yep. context of meetings and talking about work. And we would or we would have time in the lunchroom where we talk about our, you know, our parenting challenges. Right. And so when yes. you have a, a work site that's either partially hybrid or even my sister was saying now that, you know, even they only go in the work site two days a week, but she's, she's really feeling yes. the impacts of that, you know, and not having the same level of camaraderie, you know, and yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. I, you know, and, and uh, this is, a, this is going a little bit off uh, to back to where we were talking, but uh, one of the things that really helps people um, is the, if it's done well, I will, I'll put that qualification there. Uh, if it's done well, one of the things that really helps people is, um, the departments that a lot of organizations are putting together called DEI yes. or, or EDI, yeah. uh, equ equity, um, diversity and, and inclusion. Yeah. Well, we're actually going a step further now, especially in the U S it's called DEIB. So they added the word uh, B, okay. B for belonging, which speaks to everything we're talking uh, about. Uh, Employees uh, are not feeling a sense of belonging to organizations. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. There's uh, there's a couple of people I should connect to you because there, there's some people that are doing really great work right now. There's a there's a company called Computronics uh, that actually is very close to all weather windows. And uh, they have an HR business agent who is actually also their chaplain. Oh, nice. And, Interesting. And so, yeah, she she'd be a great interview. Yeah, for I you. bet. I bet. Yeah. So how. Or does it even come into play in, in negotiations between a chaplain and an organization? Like, how do you establish the return on investment? Do you quantify it or do you qualify it like we more often try to do, right? In terms of the anecdotal and how, you know, from a cultural perspective, the, the areas that a chaplain can support. So how do you speak to the whole ROI uh, yeah. and chaplaincy? Yeah. I can, I can, I can, uh, I can Again, another that podcast that. topic, right? <laughs> yeah, I can answer, but I can answer that um, succinctly in a, mm. in a, a rather lively, uh, active way yeah, in yeah. that, uh, in that when I approached the, the fellow that hired me, the guy that owns the company, uh, he's now the, he's now away from day-to-day uh, -day work, but he's the executive chair of the, of the board of the, of all weather windows. When I approached him about ROI, with regard to chaplains, he's, he, you know, he pointed his big business finger at me and he said, 
he said, we are not involved with ROI where the chaplains are concerned. He said, I want um, people to know that this is purely about employee care. And he said, I don't care how much money you bring back to me. I, he said, um, we're not about, we're not about oh, ROI. Your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> but when you, when you look at, uh, and, and this is not a disparaging comment, but for instance, if you look at Marketplace Chaplains USA, Mm. they have uh they have a you know you have to sell your product right? right and your product is care and so in order to um uh sell that product um they they've come up with with figures and and uh, a lot of other organizations have put uh, figures together and so i'll say this what i've read is that uh a dollar spent on a chaplain is uh, ultimately worth $2.80, I think, okay. all the way up to $7.50. Nice. I mean, yeah, return. On so investment. I would assume someone's done some kind of a formal or informal oh, yes. study around all this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. In fact, many, um, pardon me, many, uh, many studies are out there. If you, Yeah, it doesn't take long to find those on Mm-hmm. when you google it so but, could uh, someone reach out to you maybe could you find some information for them if they had a question around that uh if oh they, yes yeah, yeah. oh for okay. sure yeah yeah, right. yeah because uh you know i mentioned marketplace chaplains usa they uh for i don't know why they approached me but um years ago they approached me to get a sort of break into canada the canada mar- canadian market and uh they're well established now um in canada but um still looking for clients but they 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 were big on the on the ROI and they were big on on looking for as many varied clients as they could, you know, to to get the the chaplain's name out there. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. and a bit of a sidebar, and I know we want to wrap up, but yeah. there's actually chaplains if you if you um, are familiar with Cashco. Cash Cashco is like the the corner, the corner store where you okay. cash your check and okay, you know, gotcha. the, yep. they take a little bit out for themselves or, right. or a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course they hire, you know, they have a, uh, sorry, they have a, um, uh, you know, a high interest rate on their, on their, um, their product. Right. And, and so uh, as it turned out, they were, they were getting a lot of people that were, you know, pretty emotional inside their, their buildings. And I, I, I suppose you, you could look at lowering your interest rate, but actually they looked at the uh, option of hiring a chaplain. And so Cashco has a, a contract with Marketplace Chaplains Canada to have chaplains in their wow. in all their centers in Alberta. So nice. yeah, and and so it comes back to what you you were saying earlier, and that is um, you know that that uh, a chaplain in the workplace um, is a huge return on investment. And, uh, but again, if you're, if you're looking at a really, um, genuine, really authentic reason to have, have a chaplain, it should just be purely for uh, employee or member care. Yeah. Altruistic reasons for sure. For an organization who may be inspired by our discussion or have been considering maybe bringing in a chaplain to their organization, what's a couple potential obstacles or challenges that they should be aware of in just setting up you know, a chaplaincy program and, and how can they be overcome? Maybe just a few. that come Yeah. To you know, yeah, I, that's a, well, I love that question. Um, a lot of people said when we first looked at this, when I got together with the owners and we looked at this idea, a lot of people said, Oh no, absolutely not. You're going to have human rights uh, commission uh, complaints uh, right up to the ceiling and you're going to do this and that. And the next thing is going to fail miserably. You know what? In 17 and a half years, never one single complaint or phone call from the Human nice. Rights Commission. So were you, break, were you breaking ground in some regards with this type of a program in the, All Weather Windows from your well, knowledge it, of? Uh, you know, I wouldn't say breaking ground, but I mean, it maybe in some ways, but, but uh, you know, if I was to, I'll get back to the, uh, the complaints and the, and those obstacles, but yeah. uh, if I was to, to do a, a rough guess, I would say there's, and I don't know about Canada, but uh, I could give a guess, but the U.S., I would say there's anywhere from seven to 10,000 corporate chaplains oh, wow. in, in the U.S., yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's just, again, a rough a rough count. Mm-hmm. But um, 
you know, to, to look at that and, and say that something is, as hopefully as genuine and as, uh, uh, as um, authentic as, as what chaplain programs are, um, you shouldn't, you should never be concerned that, uh, you know, there's any, ever going to be any uh, kind of complaint unless someone is uh, just not the, you know, the right fiber for, for chaplaincy. Um, But the other thing, uh, well, I mean, there's a number of things that I could say, but uh, the, um, the interesting thing is that there's, there's never been a, there's never been a problem uh, from in terms of complaints or, uh, you know, um, the, the reality of, uh, you know, societies having human rights programs and, and all those things. There's never been a complaint at all. You have to, first of all, you have to advertise it really well and you mm-hmm. have to prepare people for it. Right. Because there, uh, this goes back to our conversation about stigma. There's all kinds of things uh, attached to any program that you might come up with and where chaplains are concerned, um, people automatically think, okay, the, 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 uh, um, you know, the, the stumbling block is going to be that this guy's going to come in and preach. He's going to preach yes, at, at people. Yes. And, or trying and to convert you, you to your particular yeah, faith, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And the reality is that that's the cardinal sin. Right. For a chaplain, you, yeah. just, you just don't do that. Right. Here's another one that I was thinking of. And um, if someone's wanting to do this and, and get involved, get a, a chaplain involved in their workplace, um, the one thing that they got to remember is there has to be buy-in, 100% buy-in from the CEO. Yes. If you go into any level of management below the CEO, there's a good possibility it's the that your first attempt is not going to uh, uh, pan out it's, would it's, you even it's, say that you should have an executive sponsor uh, in it? yes um but ultimately you have to have the ceo before we um, wrap up then is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about you know corporate chaplaincy and and or anything you know about your own work in that regard wow that's a that's another loaded question. <laughs> I just think it's, it's, you know, um, if you'd asked me, oh, I don't know, 40 years ago, and you'd ask me, what are you going to do in, you know, the last half of your working life or your career? Uh, I would never have said become a chaplain. I, I spent 24 years with Canada Post uh, in different management positions and, and okay. so on. And then I, I, because I was always involved with the church, I left, I left, uh, on a one year leave of absence from Canada post and, and, uh, got into, uh, uh, church ministry. And so I was five years, uh, as a, pa- one of the pastors at the Alliance church, okay. my, my home church here yeah. and, uh, in St. Albert. And then, uh, this whole chaplaincy thing came along and I, I loved it. I was already working, uh, while I was pastoring in a church, I was already working as a chaplain for the RCMP. So, yeah. Uh, that's how the leadership group uh, approached me. But uh, I guess I would say that um, it's just a, uh, been an adventure and a ride that's faster than anything you can imagine, which is usually God's um, uh, way of doing things. He, he mm-hmm. takes you on a ride that you'll never forget. Yeah, I was going to say, there must be so much <laughs> reward for the work that you do, right? It's huge. But, but I will, uh, you know, in your closing moments here, I will say this. Um, uh, and I, somebody might have to do research on this because I don't remember where I, I heard it, but I heard a quote one time that uh, when we leave the office as a chaplain, when we leave the walk out the door at the end of the day, we leave with a spiritual residue on ourselves. Oh, lovely. And so my, my warped thinking was that uh, if that's the case, then we need a spiritual car wash, <laughs> uh, you know, to I walk through it. and. Yeah, yeah, to walk through and get that residue off of you. Well, it's so, like it goes back to when I was, I still do as a coach, we have a prayer, a, a cleansing prayer, so that we don't yes. take on the energy, yeah. right, of that That's client. Right. And when we pray it that, you know, to, totally the, right. to God or whoever, that you cleanse us of yeah. the energies and de- disconnect us from the energy, right, of the other person. Yeah. yeah well, there, you yeah. know, thanks so much, Cyril, for joining me today. I am oh, so very, pleasure. very appreciative of your taking time. And, you know, you're a busy person as a corporate no. chaplain and, and, Hopefully, I, I know I got a lot. And sometimes they say very selfishly, if I did this podcast for any, no one other than myself, it would be all worth the effort. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, where would yeah. I get the opportunity to meet with people like you and interview them? Like, 
Yeah, so, that's um, right. yeah. And I will. Um, so how can someone get in touch with you? Is there a good way for someone if they wanted to get in touch with you? Sure. Yeah. Um, I, well, uh, if you want to, um, uh, if I get my technical problems sorted out here, yeah. um, you can. Uh, so outside of all weather, you can get a hold of me at cmgowler at icloud.com. Okay. And, and we'll link that up. And also sure. through LinkedIn, I, I would think I if you ever if you yes, that's with right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to, uh, if you want to get a hold of me with regard to anything to do with All Weather Windows Limited, yeah. um, you can contact me at C Gowler, G O W L E R, at allweatherwindows.com. Perfect. Well, and I'll link all that up in the show notes to whatever you send sure. me. So yeah. to our, thank you again, Cyril, to our listeners, oh, to our listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting our podcast as always. I mean, without you, there would be no cultivating healthy and vibrant workplace podcast. So you have my eternal gratitude. And to that end, I invite you to watch, look for upcoming episodes on our website, workplacewellnesscoe.com or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And also if you're a people leader or executive coach, do check out our executive wellness leadership program commencing in February, where among many other topics, we're going to actually probably be talking about spirituality in the workplace. So thanks again, Cyril. Stay healthy, everyone. And as I like to say, keep on keeping it real. Bye for now. My pleasure. Thank you.